0: Tonight, as we're here in a very solemn assembly, we can look at the various physical symbols that are before us. The beams of the cross are draped in purple, purple being the color of royalty. The cross is awaiting royalty because 14 hours from now, the King of kings and Lord of lords will be nailed to that cross. This pulpit is where the gospel of Jesus is proclaimed. These four candles represent Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that reveal to us that gospel All the candles in this room tonight can be divisible by three, representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are in a sacred place. Revelation chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 5 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book. And to break its seals. For thou wast slain and didst purchase for God with thy blood. Men from every tribe and every tongue and people and every nation. O oh, Father God, we acknowledge that tonight. It is impossible for us to wrap our human minds Around that which we commemorate, and yet we ask that by your holy Spirit, that you will speak to us in the deep recesses of our souls, that we might know you more deeply as a result of being here tonight and contemplating these eternal truths. It is beyond us, but not beyond you. And so we ask that by your grace you might reveal to our inner man, O God, a greater degree than we have never known before of that which we commemorate, through Jesus. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through Him. Let's read that together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. Here is love. Here is love, vast as
1: the ocean, loving kindness as the flood. When the prince of life our ransom shed for us, his perfect blood, who his love will not remember, who can cease to sing his praise.
0: we were still helpless at the right time Christ died for the ungodly for one will hardly die for a righteous man though perhaps for the good man some would even dare to die but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. <laughs> Amazing grace. Let's sing together
1: Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that says.
0: that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ the next day when John saw Jesus coming to him, he said to his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Just as I am
1: without one plea, but that
0: It was a year 1447 BC. It was midnight, the 14th day of Nisan on the Jewish calendar. And suddenly, throughout the land of Egypt, loud cries, wails of anguish were heard not only in among the poor but even in the halls of pharaoh's palace weeping and wailing in every field in every barn in every hut because in every dwelling the firstborn had suddenly died. Not only humans, but the firstborn of all the livestock in an instant died at midnight. Throughout the land of Egypt, there was no exception except the one exception. In the district of Egypt known as the land of Goshen where the Hebrews, the descendants of Jacob, lived. There was not a single death. What was this all about, and how did it happen? The people of Israel had been in slavery for 430 years in the land of Egypt. And pharaohs had arisen who did not know Joseph who had saved the nation at one time by miraculous intervention of God, of course. And later pharaohs saw the Jews as downtrodden people, people they could enslave. And they made their task more and more difficult. And then Jehovah God heard the cries of these who he promised someday would be his people. And he called a man named Moses to be his spokesman. To go before the Pharaoh and say, Let my people go. Pharaoh in his haughtiness. Who is this God of the Jews? I am Pharaoh of Egypt. And he refused. And after a number of pleas and Pharaoh's obstinance, God began, as it were, to lay the lash upon Egypt. The Egyptians had many gods. One of them was Nile River. They worshipped the Nile. It was a source of life. And so the first thing that God did, Jehovah God, was to attack the god of the Nile and all the water turned to blood. And again Moses made Jehovah's plea, let my people go. And Pharaoh, obstinately, who is this Jehovah God? I am Pharaoh of Egypt. And the Egyptians worshipped a frog God. And so God flooded the land with frogs ever. Frogs in the flower, frogs in the bed, frogs everywhere. The second plague Time and again Pharaoh was obstinate. And so God brought plague after plague upon the land, saying, Let my people go, gnats and lice, then flies, then all the livestock became diseased. Then there were boils all over everyone, and thunder and destructive ale and locusts. And then a day in which, even at noon, there was darkness throughout all of Egypt but not in Goshen where the Jews lived in spite of these horrible and fearsome experiences Pharaoh said who is Jehovah I am Pharaoh I will not let the Jews go and it is then that God brought the tenth and most horrible event, the death of the firstborn. God had warned the Hebrews about what He was going to do, and He instructed them concerning what they should do to be protected from the death angel that was going to pass over that night. Jehovah God said to Moses, Moses, speak to the congregation of Israel saying, All of you on the tenth of this month, take a lamb for themselves, according to their fathers' households, a lamb for every household. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You can take it either from the sheep or from the goats. And keep it until the 14th day of this month. And then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel at twilight is to kill the lamb. And you will take the blood of the lamb and put the blood on the doorposts of your houses and on the lintel. Then here's what Jehovah said. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all of the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am Jehovah. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will, befo- will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And the people of Israel believed God. They put blood on the doorposts and the lintel. They trusted the blood, but they also trusted Jehovah to keep his word. And in that night, all Egypt knew tragedy except the Jews in the land of Goshen. Most of you know the story. As the Israelites were leaving, Pharaoh changed his mind, pursued them. They crossed through the Red Sea. The Egyptians tried to follow The waters closed upon them and they drowned. And several weeks later, the Jews found themselves at the bottom of Mount Sinai where God called Moses up on the mountain, gave him the Ten Commandments, then gave him all of the ceremonial laws surrounded with it, and then sent Moses back down to make a covenant with the people. Jehovah said, You be my people, I will be your God. And we will make a covenant between us. And you will become holy, which means set apart. That's what the word holy means. Set apart. You'll be set apart. And here's what Moses then did. He sent young men of the sons of Israel. They offered burnt offering and sacrificed bulls and peace offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood. Poured it in basins. The other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And then he took the book of the covenant, that which he had received from Sinai, and read it in the hearing of the people. And they all said, All that Jehovah has spoken, we will do. We will be obedient. So Moses took the blood that he had in the basins and sprinkled it upon the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And from that time on the people of Israel knew that they had been set apart they were Jehovah's unique possession out of all the nations they were alone they alone were his and it had been sealed the covenant had been sealed by blood. They had trusted in the blood when the death angel came over and they trusted Jehovah to keep his word. They trusted in the blood that made certain that they were in covenant with Jehovah and they trusted him to keep that covenant. But even though they were in covenant with God, there was still the sin problem And so the Lord decreed that every year there would be a day of atonement in which they would all come together and a blood sacrifice would be made for the corporate sins of the nation and that a blood sacrifice was offered according to God's will and God's command. And once a year every Jew stood knowing that before God as a nation They were sinless because they trusted in the blood and trusted God to keep his word. But not only corporate sins, there were individual sins. And so the Lord decreed that as a man or woman became aware of his or her sin, something that was displeasing to God, they were to come and bring an offering, usually a blood offering. And when that blood offering was given, they could walk away knowing that they had been cleansed because they trusted in the blood and they trusted in Jehovah to keep his word. And God said, the Passover, that night in which you were delivered from Egypt, that is to be remembered every year on the 14th of Nisan. And he gave instructions as to what they were to do. 1,477 years later, 13 men met in a room on the second floor of a house, and the door was closed, and they were remembering the Passover. The 13 men were Jesus and his 12 disciples. And after a time, there were only 11 because one Judas, in a nefarious way, calling himself friend of Jesus, betrayed his friend. And as they were partaking of the Passover, Jesus did something that bewildered them because he took the unleavened bread and he broke it and said this which is broken for you is my body all of you eat of it they must have thought what's that all about all <laughs> week long in jerusalem even though there had been victorious times there had always been some kind of a pall a heaviness and that heaviness was there in that room What did that mean? This is my body. All of you eat of it. And then they continued on in the meal and at the end of the meal with the very last cup he took it and said this is the covenant new covenant in my blood which is for you. All of you drank of this. And when they had done so He said, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. They must have been confused. But for you and me, it is not confusing because the cross is history. And we understand what that was all about. And later they understood it also. And they led the early church, therefore, every Sunday to come together And do this in remembrance of Jesus, to remind us of the price that has been paid for our sins. They celebrated that Passover, but our Passover is Jesus, and we honor that by the Lord's Supper. Hebrews chapter 10 has several marvelous statements Verse for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once for all. Every priest, Old Testament priest, stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins, but he having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. For by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws upon their heart, upon their mind. I will write them. Then he says, and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Paul wrote to the Corinthians Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. Tonight, in one way, we are in that upper room with Jesus and the disciples. But in another way, we are beyond that upper room, for we are beyond the cross. The sacrifice has been made. The price has been paid. And off as ye eat this bread and drink this blood, Paul said, you do show forth the death of the Lord until he comes. And he also wrote that a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Tonight, as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper, let's take a few moments just to examine our own hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to show us perhaps those subtle corners of our life where Jesus is not Lord, corners of which we're not aware. May the Holy Spirit reveal those to us that we might surrender them to him. Sometimes as we come to the Lord's table, some people think, you know, my sins are so great. (laughs) How can God ever accept me? But let me ask you this. Are your sins as great as Peter's, who three times denied Jesus and even cursed? Are your sins any greater than Saul of Tarsus, who murdered Christians? Yet these became shining lights in the kingdom of God. Thank God for his grace, possible through the cross of Jesus. I would ask the elders who are going to be serving to join me just now at the foot of the cross. the last cup, the cup that is called the cup of the blessing, and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Notice that new covenant, not the covenant of the Old Testament, the old covenant, the new covenant in my blood. All of you. For us remain unleavened bread and juice from the vine. We know that spiritually they are more than that. We ask tonight as we partake that new trust in your forgiveness might rest in us. Some infusion of spiritual life, a new heightened relationship with you as we partake. Father God, thank you for your presence in our gathering Through Jesus' name. The elders go to their stations. We also ask the prayer teams if they will go to their stations. Prayer stations besetting sin from which you need deliverance, this is a night to receive that deliverance. Prayers can be offered, and the Lord's Supper is an occasion also for that deliverance. So we're freed now, at your leisure, at the leading of the Holy Spirit, to go to these tables, one behind, two in front, as God leads. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. I rest on His unchanging grace. At every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, His covenant, His blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way He then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand. Let's stand together and sing It Is Well With My Soul. When peace like
1: a river attended my way when sorrow. Joy.
0: The God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, may He equip you in every good thing to do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Christ Jesus, to whom be the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. We are dismissed, but I ask you to leave quietly because there usually are folk that just like to sit for a while and meditate upon the cross. May God be with you. Mm-hmm.